Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 36 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Has it always been related to Pokemon? I can't even remember my own, like, slogan. <laughs> I don't... It's sort of just, like, muscle memory at this point, but I'm starting to question if that's what I said. Well, I'm not going to worry about it. Anyway, uh, welcome. I hope you're all having a great day. Um, today's episode might be a little bit unorthodox, uh, not for its content, but in the way that it is recorded. Um, because of uh, two, two reasons, actually, let me just say. Uh, one reason. Okay, three, let me say. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm going into the formalities way too much. Uh, one, I am, or my parents are moving. So the living space that I use um, when I'm home for college is moving. Uh, I think I mentioned this last time. Uh, so the table that I'm using is a little bit, uh, dare I say, bad, <laughs> really horrible. Uh, we had to get rid of the desk that I was using because, you know, uh, it would have been, it was just easier to just get rid of it right now, uh, you know, without having to, because they're moving I guess I say, I say we, but it's not really we. They are moving in like a week, less than a week. Um, and I'm going to be moving to my grandmother's house to stay for the rest of summer before school starts. I'll get into that in a second. Um, and the, we, you know, we wanted to just get rid of the desk so the trash people could take it before it starts to be a huge mess. You know, like what if they didn't take it that week? You know, they just like didn't, didn't, they just decided not to take it. Then it would be stuck with a, like a huge desk, uh, <laughs> you know, while we're trying to move and that wouldn't be good. Um, so we just decided to get rid of it and I'm using like, it's, you know, like the tables that you go, that you see or that you use when you go to like a party or like a, you know, like a cat, like a f family gathering. It's just like a white foldable table that people use for like, you know, like a crappy dinner <laughs> or like ping pong, you know, it's like, it's one of those. And it's, I'm like in constant fear that it's just going to collapse and all of my, the entirety of my desktop computer uh, including like everything I have on my desk, it's just going to fall to the ground and cost me like $3,000. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen though. I mean, if it does, you would know because I would not be able to continue recording this podcast. Um, so the desk is kind of bad. And the reason why I'm saying this is because my microphone setup is a little bit weird because <laughs> like I have this, 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 this mic, this, this boom, like the arm for my microphone that, that like clamps onto the desk and you know wood is really good at dealing with that wood is like it's it's a strong material but this desk is like bad plastic so it just ends up warping the table when I clamp it down and like it like it literally bends underneath the clamp and like I can't clamp it too I can't clamp it too weak because then it won't stay up and if I clamp it too hard it also doesn't stay up because like the str the integrity of the clamp is not strong enough because it's crappy plastic. So like I'm I'm I keep looking over to it. I'm in constant fear that my microphone is just going to fall down. Um and I guess I would say that you would know if it happened but that's not necessarily true cuz I'd just like I would just stop recording but like so I, <laughs> things might be a little bit weird uh, because of that. And also the microphone's in a little bit of a weird spot. So I apologize if my voice sounds a little different, if things are a little bit messier than usual. Uh, this is temporary until I go back to school pretty much because at my, at my grandmother's house, I'm going to be have to using the same exact table, which sucks. Uh, so you'll have to deal with this for like at least two more episodes. Also, much less uh, urgent than, you know, the, 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 the table problem. Um, it, I sound like a bait. I'm like, oh, you know, my desk isn't working. Oh, it also my jaw hurts. And, you know, I can't talk for a long period of time. No, I just like my jaw hurts. I like pulled a muscle in my jaw. So like talking might be a little hard for me. So again, you'll have to apologize. Uh, yeah, you, the viewer will apologize to me. Uh, you'll have to forgive me for that. So things are, you know, not, uh, not normal here. Uh, which is weird because I'm in the comfort of my own room, the place I always record this podcast. So uh, I apologize if things sound a little bit different, things a little bit weird. And the third reason is actually content related and a segue into my uh, into the topic of today's episode, which is oh, 
arm in my chair just like gave up on my arm <laughs> uh topic of today's episode is of course pokemon mystery dungeon rescue team tx what a mouthful uh and i'm just gonna kind of you know go at it <laughs> last time I delayed it last episode. I delayed it because I didn't want to spend a huge amount of time talking about, you know, both uh, Twilight Wing 6 and Mystery Dungeon because I had a lot to say. So today is the episode that I'm going to be talking about it. My stupid chair. Also, I changed my chair because we had also had to get rid of the other chair because it was too big and also nasty. Uh, so the arms of this chair don't stay up correctly. So like if I one of them is fine. Like I can rest my arm, but it's sort of a force of habit. If I put my the weight of my arm down on this on this chair, it just goes down. And now I'm stuck with like two uneven arms. I know, first world problems, but like I said, things are just things are changing because I'm moving and you know, the slight inconveniences that I have to deal with uh might affect the quality of this podcast very ever so slightly. Uh so you have to forgive me for that. But yes, um also, did you know this is going to sound really stupid if you did know, or if it's common knowledge. I, you know, I said the word segue earlier, you know, I, I used the word segue earlier, uh, and I always thought that, um, that segue was spelt like the, 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 like the wheel, you know, like the, the one wheel or like the two wheeled standing thing that mall cops use. I thought, I thought it was spelt like that. Apparently it's not, it's, it's spelt S E G U E like segue, totally different. And I feel like an idiot ever since, uh, I didn't know that. So there's your little non Pokemon tip of the day, uh, segue when referring to the leading into another topic in a conversation is not spelt the same way as the motorized vehicle that mall cops use. <laughs> Crazy information, I know. Anyway, uh, you know, trying to get a little bit more tangenty in the beginning of the podcast. There goes the armrest again. Oh, I, <laughs> there's no stopping it. Um, you know, like I, like I sort of have been mentioning and getting stronger and stronger about this opinion as I go through this podcast, um, I want to get a little bit unprofessional with it. And, you know, I've noticed that a lot of podcasts that I listen to, um, an example, My Brother, My Brother and Me by the McElroys, the McElroy brothers, um, they, they, they sometimes spend at least like 15 to 20 minutes just talking about nonsense uh, in the beginning of their podcast. And I know that there's, I mean, theirs is a comedy podcast and this is a, Eh, I wouldn't call this necessarily a comedy podcast. I try to be funny as much as I possibly can. This is more of just like a, just a, it's a, it's a Pokemon podcast. Is that a, is that a, is that an okay category? You know, you got your comedy, you got your drama, you got your horror, you got your informative, educational. This is Pokemon. <laughs> it's everything. It's all of them at once. Uh, I'm going to have to start sprinkling a little bit more horror in there. Um, boo! No. Okay. Anyway, um. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 trying to be a little bit more tangenty, talk more personally uh, when it comes to when it comes to things in my life. I know that you didn't come here for for Lily. You didn't come here for the host. You came here for Pokemon. But well, maybe you did. But I hope to uh, enlighten, you know, brighten some people's day maybe a little bit before the 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 informative, information heavy uh, parts of this podcast with a little bit of talk. And you know, I really enjoy just talking and being entertaining to people and just telling stories. Um, so I'd like to do that a little bit more on this podcast. You know, I want to keep the, I want to keep the, the Pokemon center obviously there. Most of the time I imagine that it would, that the topics and stories would be related to Pokemon. Um, and also just about this podcast in general. So we'll see. I'm trying some new things. Let me know if you like it. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Uh, you know, uh, next Thursday is my big night. So, uh, enjoy. Anyway, let's move on. We have some news today, of course. When did we not? Um, very exciting. Very big things, actually. Um, I mentioned last time in Pokemon Go that there was some rocket balloons uh, appearing around, you know, floating around in the sky, uh, and you could fight them. And Niantic has added a brand new feature where you can actually battle uh, Jesse and James in a special Meowth balloon uh, for a limited time. So um, I don't know when that is, but uh, you can find a Meowth balloon that appears and you fight Jesse and James and you can also 
Uh, you can the Shadow Atkinson coughing you receive from the battle also have a chance to be shiny, and you can also get special outfits of Jesse and James for free, which is really cool. I believe this is to go along with the Coco movie because Pokemon Masters is also doing an event, um, tying in with the with Pokemon Coco or the movie Coco with Jesse and Arbok, which is really cool. So I assume this is sort of going along with that. I don't know why. I don't. Are they prevalent in that movie? I don't remember. It's been a while since I've watched the trailer, um, but apparently they're promoting the Pokemon Coco movie with Jesse and James, which is something I'm not opposed to because who doesn't love Jesse and James, right? You know, I'm in a little bit of a weird spot here because I remember specifically last episode that I said I was going to start taking part in Pokemon Cafe Mix because one, I was interested, and two, because I uh, thought it would be good for this podcast. And uh, surprise, surprise, I didn't. (laughs) And uh, I remember specifically because I wanted to take part in the... Uh, the Score Bunny event, which was happening from July 1st, I believe, to July 15th, uh, which I missed. I still have not opened the game, which, you know, isn't a huge deal. Um, but similarly, you can now find Sobble. Uh, Sobble will now appear in Cafe as a special customer. Once you encounter it, you'll be able to invite it to parties and re- and re- I thought it said re-recruit, but it's just a misspelling on Cerebi. It says... Recruit, <laughs> like R-E-U, recruit. Uh, you'll be able to recruit it as staff. Uh, this is from July 15th to uh, July 29th. Very exciting. I assume Grookey will be next, but, you know, Pokemon works in wonderful ways, uh, so you never know. You know what? Fine. <laughs> I'll talk about Pokemon Masters. Uh, you know, sort of get into the groove of things. Maybe, who knows, maybe this is something that I end up talking about, ma- uh, you know, many a time. Uh, but for now, I'm just going to try it out. Uh, new event has begun in Pokemon Masters. I know I've talked about it before, but I'm just joking around. Uh, the event is a Poison-type training event. This event allows you to train up your Poison-type Sync pairs and adds a new Spotlight Scout that allows you to get uh, new, a newly added Sync pair of Lucy and Survivor. Who is Lucy? Huh? Who is that? Who is Lucy? <laughs> It's. She looks like a Sviper. Who is who is that? Like an original trainer to. To. Uh, oh, she's the Frontier Brain. In. She's the Pike Queen. In uh, in Hoenn, it looks like. Wow, she just. Oh, I guess isn't that's like the, the big Sviper building, isn't it? That's interesting. I never did the Battle Frontier uh, as a kid in in uh, in Ruby and Sapphire. It says she is the Frontier Brain and Lockkeeper of the Battle Frontier's Battle Pike. Her costume is made to look like a Viper. She is the only character to have games in the games to have the Trainer Class Pike Queen. Wow, interesting. So she okay. So I I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, she's she's in Pokemon Emerald. Um, she was a frontier brain, or one of them, or the frontier brain. Yes, she's the frontier brain of the battle pike. Okay, <laughs> now that we've gotten that, uh, I didn't know they were so intricate with their uh, with their trainers. That's really interesting. I might actually play Pokemon Masters because of the trainers. I think the, they're really interesting. I didn't know they went so in depth to include. I know they did like most of the. Most of the gym leaders and, and Elite Four members and some NPCs and stuff, I didn't know they did, like, the Frontier print and stuff. That's really interesting. Uh, anyway, yeah, you, that is happening uh, in Pokemon Masters, and it will run for two weeks. There is apparently a new way, you know, a very a very bold claim, a new way to play the Pokemon trading card game, Raid Battles. With this, you can set up Raid Battles featuring various cards with downloadable boss cards with each boss having different strengths. There's a YouTube video. Wow, that is loud. Apologies. I don't know if you could hear that through my headphones. I'm watching it right now. What is this? So it's like there's four players. It's just raid battles. So it's like a max raid battle. But I'm doing like... I know you can't watch. I know you're not watching this right now, but I'm sort of doing a commentary. I don't think I'm going to watch this whole thing. 
Cool. It's it's just like a it's just a max rate metal. Okay. Is that like a like a are they going to release like cards for that or what's the deal? I suppose. I don't know if that's like a, a like an official announcement coming out or if it's like it's already a thing. There's not really much information. Let me look on YouTube. Okay, shut up. Um use your Pokemon TCG cards to take on powerful boss battles and exciting raid ba raid battles. Interesting. Um, apparently it's unlisted, which is interesting. I don't know how they, how did they manage to do that? <laughs> how did they, how did, how did Sarah be find this video? It's, uh, it's unlisted. Uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, wow. How did Sarah be find this video? Cerebi have have ins on the uh <laughs> with 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 Pokemon because Jesus. Well, anyway, that is apparently coming. Uh, I don't know if Pokemon is going to do an official announcement or anything like that, but it's not even public. Uh, so I suppose we shouldn't even be talking about it. It sounds like a secret. <laughs> More to come, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. More Pokemon Go. A special set of outfits. Or oh, sorry. Uh, you know I love to make fun of Cerebi's uh, typos. A special set OOF outfits are available. It's like O-U-F. <laughs> a special set OOF outfits are available in Pokemon Go for select Samsung customers in the U.S. as part of their Summer of Galaxy promotion. If you have a Samsung account, you can receive a reward through their official site to receive a tie-dye hat and t-shirt. Okay. It's apparently not even available in the U.S. yet. <laughs> How interesting. We only talk about the most riveting of, uh, of information here on EvoCast, but there you go. Samsung Galaxy t-shirts. <laughs> so cool. I'm trying out sort of a, uh, sort of a different news, uh, sort of a different news formula, uh, here today. I hope you're enjoying it. I know I'm a little bit more, like, rambly and, like, umming and oofing every so often uh but i'm doing it kind of blind you know i didn't really write down too many things i'm sort of just scrolling through twitter and throwing scrolling through cerebi to see if there's anything i missed because i would sometimes like to get my uh my blind reactions of things you know so it's, it's news you know i know that i should be knowledgeable things beforehand but uh, i might do a mix of the two uh it depends on you know what people think of this i I kind of enjoy going through uh, the news as more of a loose topic. Maybe make it a little bit more, a little bit more personal, uh, and make it seem less like I'm just reading off of a script. Uh, because honestly, that's kind of what I do <laughs> sometimes. Uh, I just I just read off of Cerebi, Um which you know I'm trying my hardest to avoid. I don't want this to seem like it's a super, uh, super informative, super you know on the nose, t you know, topical information about Pokemon. I'm just sort of talking about it, uh, letting everyone know what's going on in case you didn't know, and also partly informing myself, which is why I uh, I sort of like doing it this way. Um, I might incorporate that into a few things. I might, if things are more important, I might you know look at them beforehand. But it's a little hard to gauge that. Um, so let me know what you think of of me just sort of scrolling through Twitter and scrolling through Cerebi.net to see uh, interesting things going on. Obviously, I'm like pausing. You know, I'm I'm doing editing of the podcast. I'm not just gonna keep in the the 45 seconds of me scrolling through looking for something. But you know, uh, it's a little bit unorthodox. Like I said, I'm trying some new things here because I really want to spice up and make this podcast uh, as good as it can be. So let me know what you think. Uh, anyway, the next online competition has been announced. Uh, this competition, the Armor Beginnings, is a single battle competition that allows for the use of Pokemon only in the Isle of Armor Pokedex, and all Pokemon only with a Galar mark or the Battle Ready mark. So it's an online tournament. Uh, registration is open from now until July 23rd, which is <laughs> three days from now, which by the time of releasing this episode is like tomorrow, I think. Um, battles are run from July 24th to July 26th, and all players get 50 BP. So if you're interested in doing that, I would recommend uh, registering quick because if you're listening to this podcast on the day of release, you only have like a day. <laughs> so good luck. I think that is it for the news for today. There's a few more Pokemon Masters things. There's like there's like new sync pairs. Uh, 
Fantina and Phoebe. There's like Steven who's in like a sick summer outfit with an Alolan sand shoe, which I, or Alolan sand slash, which I think is kind of silly. Uh, I'm not going to go super in depth, but if you want to see more about Pokemon Masters, I would recommend going to Cerebi.net, which is where I get most of, if not all of my information. But oh, one more thing before I uh, get on to the main topic of today. Uh, community Day happened uh, yesterday, actually. Um, it was ghastly. I, you know, this is technically quote-unquote Revunity Day, of course. Like I've explained so many times, uh, I didn't take part in it. Only a few more episodes. Only a month until I go back to school. And then I'll actually be able to play Pokemon Go. So sit tight. I hope those of you who did the, uh, who, I know that they're doing things at home now. And it's pro- I probably could do it. Uh, but I've been so busy. And honestly, I think I would be more into Pokemon Go if I actually have places to go. Um, so I hope that anyone who did it, uh, got their shiny ghastly and had a great time. Anyway, before we go to talk about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX, we have to do everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random Pokemon every episode, random Pokemon of the week. And today's Pokemon on the chopping block is number 587. Can you guess it? I would be impressed (laughs) if you could guess this Pokemon. I'll give you a second. It's Emolga. Uh, Emolga is an electric type flying, electric flying type Pokemon introduced in Generation Five. I can't read Roman numerals. Uh, it is not known to evolve into or from any other Pokemon. Emolga is the Sky Squirrel Pokemon. Who would have guessed? Uh, and has the abilities Static and Motor Drive as its hidden ability. Its gender ratio is 50-50. It is 1 foot 4 or 0.4 meters. It is 11 pounds. Wow, that's light. I guess that makes sense. It's a flying squirrel. Um, and or that is uh, also 5 kilograms. So Emolga, I really like Emolga. Emolga was sort of like the most unique, uh, I think, like Pikachu clone of any generation. It could be argued that mine and Impossible were a little bit more unique because it was two of them. Uh, of course, <laughs> you know, um, what there, you know, Minin and Plusle were actually sort of the first, of course, you know, we got Minin and Plusle, I guess Pichu technically, uh, not really a Pikachu clone, but it was introduced as the quote unquote Pikachu of that generation. Uh, Pachirisu, Gen 4, Emolga, Gen 5, Dedene, Gen 6, uh, Tojinomaru, Gen 7, and more Pico, Gen 8 checking, you know, testing my knowledge of the electric rodents there. Uh, Emolga, I think, is one of the more unique ones. I really enjoy it. It's obviously, I mean, uh, I was going to say it's the only one that's not based just electric type, but that's not true. It was the the first one uh, to be anything other than just electric type in electric flying. Uh, so, of course, they took, you know, they were like, how can we make an electric, what is another rodent that we can make this electric rodent based on? Uh, and they decided to go with Flying Squirrel, or I suppose probably more specifically a Sugar Glider, which is, uh, no, Sugar Gliders are a little different. So Emolga is based on a Flying Squirrel wearing a cape. Is it wearing a cape? Is that true? (laughs) Is that what it's supposed to be doing, is wearing a cape? I mean, it's like never shown because it never lands on the ground in any of the games. I thought it was just, I thought it was just a Flying Squirrel. I guess it could be looking, I guess it does kind of look like it's wearing a cape, but I think that's su- supposed to just sort of be, you know, a flying squirrel. Uh, the squirrel specifically co- specifically could be the Japanese dwarf flying squirrel or the feather tail glider. Are there any of those sugar gliders? I know sugar glider is a type of Japanese flying squirrel. Uh, what is it? Hold on, I'm going to look this up. What is, what, di- what differentiates a sugar glider? from just a, they look, okay, actually, it does look a little more like a, like a mocha, it's got the same black, uh, black markings on it, so yeah, uh, Emolga, you know, they, they took the, the rodent, and they were like, how can we be more unique with this, and they decided to go with the flying squirrel, which I like, <laughs> I think it's cool, uh, it's certainly not the most, uh, interesting Pokemon, uh, you know, I know some people who really enjoy Emolga, I really enjoy Emolga, I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying it's, you know, it's, it's the Pikachu clone, quote-unquote, big quotes, 
of that generation. And, you know, it's cute. And it was a breath of fresh air, I think. Uh, one of the better ones, in my opinion. Then, of course, like, you know, Pachirisu was just a, a squirrel. <laughs> Not that I don't like Pachirisu. Uh, and Dedene's, you know, Morpiko and Dedene are both just like hamsters. I don't even know what Toji Tomorrow is supposed to be. Um, anyway, uh, Imolga was first seen in an image on August 7th, 2010. Citation needed. Unfortunately, there is no citation on this, so I can't confirm or deny this or even talk about the image. Uh, and Emolga is the only Pokemon with a base stat total of 428. Uh, Emolga appears to be a corruption of Imanga. What does that mean? Oh, this is Japanese names. Its Japanese name is Imanga. What is Imanga? Imanga may be a combination of Iman and Momanga. The scientific name of the Japanese flying twi- Wow, well there we go! <laughs> Momanga is the scientific name of the Japanese dwarf flying squirrel. And Iman is a drapery slash clothes slash slash dress. Uh, referring to the the wings that it has. Which is cool. That makes a little more sense. I don't know where they got Emolga from that. Sort of just like a, you know, means nothing in English kind of name. But, you know, it's, it's based on its Japanese name, which is kind of cool. Let's see what it's got uh, for some Pokedex entries. If I can find it. The energy made in its cheeks, electric pouches, is stored inside of its membranes and released while gliding. They live on treetops and glide using the inside of their cape-like membrane while discharging electricity. I guess it is supposed to be a cape. It's just, it's a, you know, they're wings. It's not a cape. <laughs> it glides on its outstretched membrane while shocking foes with the electricity stored in the pouches in its cheeks. So, it's basic. You know, it's like, oh, it glides and it has, it's the same thing as Pikachu. Not, you know, I'm not trying to bring beef into into Emolga. I enjoy Emolga. It's just, you know, it's it's exactly what you think it would be. Um, literally, the rest of them are exactly the same. Oh, hold on. There's some there's some uh, interesting ones here. Uh, it grills berries and bug Pokemon with electric shocks and makes meals of them. Jesus, that's uh, gruesome. It usually nests in the holes, gouged in trees by Picky Peck. A little bit of a reference to another Pokemon there. Uh, they store up electricity to fly through the air. When thunder cracks at night, sometimes they are almost enough to blo blot them out of the sky. Jesus. As it flies... I mean, that's true with anything, really. <laughs> uh, as it flies, it scatters electricity around so bird Pokemon keep their distance. That's why Emoka can keep all the food to itself. Wow. Gluttonous little, little uh, flying squirrel there. As Emoga flutter, flutters through the air, it crackles with electricity. This Pokemon is cute, but it can also cause a lot of trouble. You know, that's a little subjective. Personality varies between Emoga and Emoga. I think that's a little bit mean. That's a little bit of a stereotype. I'm just joking. Uh, let's see. No Mystery Dungeon uh, references, which is a little sad because it is what we're talking about today. What about, what can we talk about? Poke Park 2, which is a game as well as the first one, is a game that I very much want to play again and talk about in this podcast. I love those games. I'll get into that another time, though. Uh, the Poke Park pad entry for Emoga is, He likes to ride on the wind, but he also loves the thrill of hide-and-seek. He cannot help looking for hiding places while he's flying. How cute. And the picture for Emoga in this in this entry is like, Oh, he's so sassy. He's given a wink and a, a you know an open-mouthed smile. He's really sneaky. <laughs> Very cute. Cool. Uh, what else is there to talk about with Emolga? I suppose its shiny form is all that's really left. Emolga's shiny form is... You know, nothing to write home about. Uh, it, it, it essentially changes nothing in terms of the white and the yellow on it, but the black sort of out, outside of Emolga and the, uh, the markings on its face and its ears... Just turn into like a, like a, like a little, like a pale brown. <laughs> and its eyes also turn the same color, which is very interesting. It sort of just looks like they, I make a lot of, you know, I make a lot of analogies like, oh, they just did this in Photoshop. But like, it looks like they sort of just, uh, took the, you know, they like, they selected everything that's black and just like washed it over with this brown color, including its eyes, nose, mouth <laughs> and everything else. 
which, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It looks okay. It it doesn't really look that good with the yellow and the white. Uh, so I'm honestly not super... I'm not a huge fan of Emolga, or of Shiny Emolga, but, you know, it's... It's something. I'm gonna say, like, 6 out of 10. It's not bad, but it's not great. It's, it's not worthy of, like, the middle. I definitely like it better than most. Slightly above average. So I'm gonna have to give it a 6 out of 10. Moving on, let's take a look at Emolga in terms of competitive Pokemon. And let me say, it is not very good. <laughs> uh, let's see if there's a... Okay, yeah, there's not... There's not one for Sword and Shield. I don't even remember if Emolga is in Sword and Shield, but if it is, uh, nobody has bothered to give it a moveset yet. Uh, and it says, uh, Emolga is in the PU category. Uh, this is written by JSmash324. Despite Emolga's unique attributes in a Electric Immunity and Encore, its stats outside of speed are quite lacking, and it is outclassed by mainly Oricorio E. Emolga also does not hit especially hard, and its quirks do not stand up to Oricorio's Oricorio E's access to Calm Mind, higher special attack, much better bulk, and ability to check threats like Girder and Torterra much more convincingly. Um, Emolga aims to perform as a pivot with utility moves in Encore, Taunt, and Knockoff with its respectable speed tier and ability to gain momentum by disrupting the foe. Even with its blend of offense and utility, Emolga's lackluster stats tend to fail it, so it struggles to do its job consistently. This makes Oricorio E a better option for a Pokemon of its typing, and other utility pivots such as Alolan Persian and overall more, are overall more effective. Uh, it has Thunderbolt, U-Turn, Encore slash Taunt, Roost slash Knockoff. Uh, it doesn't have, that's the recommended moveset, my apologies. Uh, Rocky Helmet as its item. Motor Drive as its ability. Nature is Timid, which is, of course, plus speed minus attack, because it's a special attacker. And four defense EVs, 252 special attack EVs, and 252 speed EVs. Um, oh, it's stats. I forgot to talk about its stats. Yeah, they're bad, <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Uh, its HP is 55, attack is 75, defense is 60, special attack is 75, special defense is 60, and speed is 103. You know, actually, hold on. I'm going to take a look at at uh, what it sort of has when Oricorio E wasn't there. Because they, they sure did talk a lot of smack about Emolga when comparing it to Oricorio E. Well, in X and Y, it was pretty much just as bad. Emolga is a bad Pokemon in PU that is outclassed by other electric types such as Substrika and Raichu, which are faster and more powerful. It does have a different... Uh, does have a different uh, item though, which is leftovers, uh, and it's more of a supporter Pokemon in X and Y with Taunt, U-Turn, Roost, and Encore slash Thunderbolt. I mean, it's it's those are kind of the same, uh, but it, having actually no, those are exactly the same. Never mind. <laughs> I thought it, it looked a little different. It's just the formatting; it's a little weird. Uh, so no, its moves that it's exactly the same, same ability, same uh, nature. It's just it it has uh leftovers instead of rocky helmet is that because left uh rocky helmet was used and was made in sun and moon yeah introduced in no it was, it was in generation five interesting i wonder why they decided to give it the rocky helmet i guess it's you know it's not they it's different people because this the sun and moon one is written by j smash 347 or 324 got my numbers mixed up there and uh the the X and Y one is written by rub some bacon on it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, people have different opinions of what they think that uh, different items should be put on what Pokemon, so I can understand that. Both seem like pretty uh, manageable items for Emolga, which unfortunately is a bad Pokemon. <laughs> so that is the last of that we're going to talk about Emolga for today. Let's move on to the main topic. So, <laughs> Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. Probably the longest mystery dungeon game. Uh, actually, I would. That's not true because there was also Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Red Rescue Team and Blue Rescue Team, which is technically shorter than this, but it just feels like a mouthful. <laughs> Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX uh, was, in my opinion, a great game. 
Uh, I'm gonna, again, like I've been trying to do, avoid making this too much of a review. I will end up giving my final thoughts and sort of like a rating, uh, like I do most other uh, games that I talk about on this podcast, but I just kind of want to talk about it. So, Mystery Dungeon DX was very good, <laughs> in my opinion, like I said. Um, I got it, I, I didn't get it immediately as soon as it came out, because honestly, like, I was excited about it, but I, I originally wasn't going to get it. Um, I didn't finish playing through, uh, Super Mystery Dungeon, which honestly is not that great as far as I got through. Uh, I might finish it now that I've, that I'm sort of in a, in a Mystery Dungeon groove, um, but we'll see. I played so much Explorers of Darkness, like, just so, so much of that game, um, and those, 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 that was my childhood game. Uh, I did play a little bit of Red Rescue Team and Blue Rescue Team, but it was so long ago that I didn't, Here, here's the thing that you're going to hear me say a lot in this sort of, in this conversation about Mystery Dungeon, uh, DX, I don't remember somehow a thing about that game. I play, I know, I remember I beat that game. I played through it. I beat Groudon. I beat Rayquaza. I just, I don't, I didn't remember any of it. Literally any of it. Like, any of the fine details. I know you fight, I knew you fought Groudon. I knew you fought the birds. I knew you fought Rayquaza. I just didn't remember anything else (laughs) about this game. Which was really exciting to me, because that meant that I could essentially play the game for the first time. (laughs) Not really like you know I didn't actually play the game for the first time but it felt like it honestly going through the story and playing through Pokemon Mystery Judge DX really felt like I was playing through it for the first time and that's not really something that a lot of people can say you know they either they either played it or they haven't so they you know they're either going into it completely blind or they've played the game before and they're experiencing the remake for the first time I was kind of in this weird spot where I, you know, I like vaguely knew it, but at the same time, I also didn't. And it was, it was, it was really interesting to me because like, it was a little bit frustrating at first because a lot of the times I didn't know, well, it wasn't like frustrating, but you know, it was interesting because most of the time I actually didn't know if certain parts of the game were made, you know, they were put into the game or they were from the originals because I just genuinely didn't really remember that much. And I think like the, those games had some, in, some, some different things than like the explorers of sky and darkness games. And even then I haven't even really, it, it's been, it's been a long time since I played the explorers of darkness and explorers of time, uh, games. So I, you know, I, it was kind of a re, a re like a jump back into the mystery dungeon series which i think personally this game is really really good for um and like like i've like i said in the past i don't really want this to come off as a review i want to just share my thoughts so i'm not going to be going over everything possible because like you know, I don't really want to spend a lot of my time writing down every single tiny thought that I had about this game, and I would much rather just sort of talk about it in a natural sense. I mean, I do have some notes written down about stuff that I would like to cover. Like, first of all, you know, I imagine that I will be talking about Mystery Dungeon games in the future, and, like, I'll talk about those games as a whole, which will include these games in a future episode, I assume. Knowing me, that's probably something that I would do. Um, because, you know, I want to replay through Mystery Dungeon, Red Rescue Team, and Blue Rescue Team. I want to play through the Explorers games. I've never played Explorers of Sky or Gates to Infinity, and I've essentially never played Super Mystery Dungeon, because I played that game for, like, two dungeons, and then I stopped. So, you know, it's, it's weird. Like, I want to I want to play these games and I think that I'm going to save my super super intricate thoughts about about the mystery dungeon games to that episode or to those episodes because if I'm being honest with you this game really didn't incorporate anything new to the series. I mean there was a few things that I will touch on but like 
it was it was true to the series. I mean, I remember the games pretty well, and like, it was great. <laughs> I genuinely really really enjoyed these game this game, um, and just for the fact for the reason because that I love the Mystery Dungeon games, they're like my favorite Pokemon spinoff games. They'll forever be dear to my heart. Uh, as a whole, just in in concept, you know, being able to play as a Pokemon and exploring this world where humans don't exist, maybe, I don't know, there's a few, like, humans did exist, but they went extinct, or they never existed, who knows, like, obviously the whole plot of the game is that you are a human that's transformed into a Pokemon, but it's never really explicitly explained, did Pokemon exist, do Pokemon exist, is this like an alternate universe where the Pokemon are aware of humans, who knows, um, I assume it is like a post-apocalyptic world. I think that someone in my stream chat told me that that's like pretty much uh, what it's implied to be, that it's post-apocalyptic, or I guess post-apocalyptic in terms of humans. Um, but like, you know, the games are just genuinely really solid. You know, like I've, I, I could talk forever about these games, I think, but I want to specifically touch on Mystery Dungeon DX, which is where this tangent is going, essentially. I'm not going to be covering Mystery Dungeon as a whole. I want to just talk about this game, what it changed, what it did good, what it did bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's jump into it. Let's start. Like, I have, I have, you know, we're already sort of in that whole conversation. But, like, like I said before, it was a great game. <laughs> I streamed it. Um, over the course of like two months, I think something like that. It was a really, it was a pretty long time. Um, like, it, you know, it, it was quite a while. I took a few breaks and like, even then it just, it's just a long game. It took me, I think like 30 hours. It was like at my time, my final time was like 30 hours. Um, the, then again, I did spend a lot of time grinding, uh, more so than I think that you would normally do. I eventually got to like gold rank by the time I was done with the game, which is like apparently people in my chat were like, "Wow, you're gold rank!" Like you know, most of the time people hit gold rank like when they finish the game, but I was like three quarters of the way through gold rank when I finished it, uh, just because. And the the reason behind that is because I loved playing it. <laughs> you know, I loved doing the 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 tasks. I loved doing the rescue missions. It was just so fun, man. Like, this is totally off, to, kind of off topic, but I want to play through Explorers of Darkness and Time again. Now, I probably will. I have them for the DS. I should really play through them. I miss those games so much. I miss the Wigglytuff Guild, and oh, I'm, I'm excited to play. I Though, like, I'm a little reluctant, because if I do play through those games, I kind of want to do it on stream. So, like, uh, if that's something you're interested in, Look out for it. I might be doing it sometime soon. Maybe not soon, but eventually. Um, anyway, like, I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> right, yeah, okay, I was talking about why, I, that I, the fact that I really enjoyed the game. I did. I loved this game to death. I mean, I, like I said, I streamed it for over 30 hours. I wouldn't have played through this game nearly as much as I did if I didn't love it as much as I did. Um, and, like, there's really not much to talk about because... It was, as far as I could tell, according to what I experienced through Red and Blue uh, Rescue Team, it really wasn't all that different. I mean, the biggest thing, I say this a lot, you know me, I say this a lot about things, <laughs> but the game was gorgeous. Obviously, I think, and like, I'm not just saying that, I think the biggest thing about this game is that it was a remake, an HD remaster, essentially, and like... God, did they remake it? <laughs> did they remaster it? It looked beautiful. I love like the the 3D models for the Pokemon fit so well for the series. Uh, they even kept a few of the sprites in there for like their their icons in certain places. It was such an homage to the original game, but also at the same time being such a great remake. The game is beautiful. You know, like, the animations were super good. The music remake was, like, the remake of the music was so beautiful. I forgot how great those the, the music was in this game. And, like, obviously I'm sugarcoating things because there are genuine flaws to this game. I honestly cannot really think of any right now. I mean, I have a few I'm going to talk about, but, like, obviously take what I say with a grain of salt or, I guess, a grain of sugar because I, I tend to over 
positive. I tend to be over positive when it comes to how much I enjoy things. That's just who I am. Um, more other people might be a little bit more critical, but personally, I don't really have anything negative to say about this game. Genuinely, I think it was beautiful. I think it was great. I think it was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to pick up this game, I'm not even done talking about it yet, but like, if you're looking to pick up this game, I would say yes, guaranteed, yes. If you enjoy the Mystery Dungeon games, or you think that you would enjoy the Mystery Dungeon games, I would, I would. If you're unsure, maybe go and watch a playthrough. Well, skip to like, you know, an episode. Try not to spoil, spoil yourself, obviously. The spoiler, the story in the game isn't super, you know, crazy, um, you know, like you're a Pokemon, like you're a human that turned into a Pokemon. You pretty much know that from the very beginning, and it sort of evolves from there. I'm not going to spoil the game necessarily. I'm not going to spoil the like the, the the big story elements. Obviously, you know, I I know I said you fight Rayquaza and stuff at the end, but like that's not extremely spoiler territory. Uh, I'm going to try my hardest to kind of keep it spoiler free. Um, but you know, obviously, I will be saying things about the game, so take that with a grain of salt. Take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but yeah, if you're, if you're unsure if you would really like this game, maybe go watch some gameplay. Watch, like, the first dungeon or something, you know. Uh, it's very bare-bones, but at the same time, very complicated, which I enjoy. You know, it's sort of, it's sort of simple, like, like, this is sort of the same, like, Pokemon is the same way. The base games is, you know, the main series games are the same way. It's simple at heart, but comp, simple on paper, but complicated you know, in game, like there's so many types, there's so many moves, there's so many abilities and even more so in mystery dungeon. Cause you know, you have the rare qualities, you have, um, the randomly generated dungeons, you have different Pokemon in different areas. It's, it's very, it's very complicated, but at this, at the same time, it's pretty simple to understand. So if you're unsure, I would say, if you're still unsure, even after my recommendations, I would say, go watch some videos about the game. Uh, maybe a review of the game other than my own someone who maybe talks a little bit more critically about the game um you know and its flaws and what to expect from it um and then pick it up <laughs> or don't you know uh it's totally up to you but i adore this game and i'm not gonna sugarcoat that i had a great time i'm gonna remember this game for a long 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 time i'm probably gonna replay it at some point i know i'm like Right now, actually, I'm taking like a month and a half break from streaming, and I'm kind of upset about that because I want to play more Mystery Dungeon. And I, but the thing is, I, you know, I said that I would, uh, that I would, uh, you know, stream it, stream the post game and stuff to my to my viewers. So I'm sort of holding off. Maybe I'll replay through the game. Who knows? Maybe you know, maybe I'll I'll make a new save file and I'll I'll replay through the game. I would love that. Um, just so I can play the game more. You know, this is this is what I mean. You see how much I like this game. Okay, let's, I'm going to stop gushing and let's talk about some more specific things. Um, one big flaw that I will say is that it was pretty easy. <laughs> um, you know, sort of a common theme for modern Pokemon games. It was pretty easy. Um, I don't know if this is true for everyone. I've actually heard some people say that it's pretty hard. I mean, it's, it's randomly generated, so it's kind of up to those whims. Um, like... Like, it's weird. Like, some places I had difficulty with, I don't think I died. Like, I lost a dungeon one time. I mean, I had had to escape a dungeon twice because of mistakes that I made. Like, I forgot to link a move, and also, um, I just decided that the dungeon wasn't worth it. So, like, I, but, like, I never lost. I never died. Yes, I, like, my Pokemon fainted, and I was revived, but I never lost the game, which I remember doing a million times when I was younger. Obviously, I was younger, but, you know, I think that, that, sort of argument still stands the game is definitely easy or it was easy for me uh like i said i've heard people say that they've struggled with the game so i don't know how super true that is uh, but i had an easy time with the game specifically because of two one big one big thing the rare qualities uh the rare qualities are new to mystery dungeon dx and they are just sort of attributes that pokemon have uh, random Pokemon have them and they do random things. They're sort of like abilities, but they're more general and they're more broad. Um, and there's what, there's two in particular that I think are genuinely kind of overpowered, um, which was squad up, which is what I had from the very beginning. And that makes it so 
the more Pokemon that you have in your party, the higher chance you have to recruit people. And that also comes with another huge change they made in this game is that another thing that that sort of makes a case case for how easy it is, is the fact that you can recruit up to 10 Pokemon in your party at once and just have this huge squad patrolling through the dungeons and they even get to help you in most boss battles. And like, I think that's the reason why I, it was easy for me because like every single dungeon, and I mean this almost literally, almost every single dungeon that I went through, I ended the dungeon with at least like six or seven and even most of the time, 10 Pokemon in my group. And like any large group of Pokemon, like a monster house or like a, a boss just went down so easily because of the fact that just sheer numbers, you know, even if the Pokemon weren't necessarily super weak, the fact that I was fighting Groudon or I was fighting Articuno and like, I literally just had 10 Pokemon wailing on it at once. It wasn't difficult. It wasn't hard. Um, like Groudon specifically was an absolute joke to me. I don't know if it was just the, the group that I had or the Pokemon or the circumstances that I had. I don't even think Groudon did any damage to me. It was so easy. And like I said, this is all up to random chance. This is not this is not uh true for everybody. You know, it's sort of subjective because obviously everything is random and you have different Pokemon, you have a different team, so it might be more difficult for you. But for me, most of the game was pretty easy. And you know, that didn't really make me not enjoy the game as much as I would have if it was a challenge. It certainly was a challenge. It was more of a strategical challenge than an actual difficulty challenge, which I can appreciate, but it was... I guess I'm a little bit thankful for it because it would it made me need to spend less time doing things. You know, like, everything went smoothly. It was still a challenge. It was enough of a challenge where I felt challenged and I felt like there was a little bit of difficulty and strategy that needed to go into things, but it wasn't challenging to the point where it was frustrating. Uh, which I think is is something is an outlook that you could even see that's 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 good you know it's a it's a a positive uh, a positive sort of negative that comes from this game is that yeah it's too easy but it's not it's not frustrating you know it's it's strategically difficult but it's not hard difficult um, I like I personally really enjoy looking at it that way. Uh, because like I said I sugarcoat most things and I just had an awesome time with this game. And so, like, you know, there's the the squad up rare quality, which makes it so obviously you can just amass this giant group of Pokemon. Uh, and then there's the one called Small Stomach, which is the one that I had later in the game. And Small Stomach is what I like to call uh, the, rare, the rare quality that completely alleviates a main game mechanic <laughs> of Mystery Dungeon. Uh, which is that anything, uh, anything you can eat, whether it's a Pecha Berry, you know, to heal your poison, or if it's a plain seed that is supposed to do absolutely nothing, or if you die and you eat a Reviver Seed, it completely fills up your stomach. Normally, you're supposed to do that with apples, or citrus berries, or perfect apples, or big apples, but no. With this rare quality, you literally don't have to worry about that. And the rare qualities affect your entire team. So if you ever decide to play as another character, like as another team member, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Like it, it carries on and you just don't need to worry about hunger anymore. Once I got that rare quality, I did not have to worry about hunger anymore. It was that simple. And I think that that one in particular is extremely overpowered because like hunger is a genuine problem in most cases you know you need to like the whole thing about mystery dungeon is that you need to worry about your your inventory management and what items you bring with you what items you pick up on the way what pokemon you have their type advantages and like it completely alleviated the need to go out like make sure that oh do i have enough apples do i have enough seeds to cure my hunger it doesn't matter you're going to be eating seeds anyway, and you only need to bring, like, like, the, my biggest thing is that I amassed so many reviver seeds, and I, and I didn't die so much, like, whenever I did die, 
the reviver seeds would just be become a plain seed once you eat them, once you get revived. And that plain seed, the reviver seed would completely fill your hunger. And then the plain seed would also completely fill your hunger. So one reviver seed is essentially just like a free double belly fill when you when you die which is insane it was really really good and like i amassed so many plain seeds that like i didn't even need to bring apples with me or like orange berries if i got low on health i could eat an orange berry that would completely fill my hp and completely fill my belly so like i think that's what made the game so easy <laughs> for me personally was those two rare qualities um but like you know it wasn't just that it was there, there were a lot of other things that made the game pretty easy. Um, but I think that it was mostly thanks to the rare qualities, which personally, I really enjoyed the rare qualities. I think they were really cool. Um, I think they were, I think they were a really cool addition, sort of like a second ability that the, that most Pokemon had. Uh, some Pokemon just didn't have any, I think ones that you recruit, but like you and your partner always had one. Um, and you could change it with like the gummies. Um, and it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I'd like to see like what all the rare qualities are and stuff like that. Speaking of, uh, one of the bigger things that they changed, and probably the last one that I'll talk about because I am running a little bit low on time here, uh, is the gummies. They completely nixed the the whole gummy system with like IQ and and stuff like that. At least as far as I'm aware. I don't know if that was ever a thing in the first Mystery Dungeon games. I literally don't remember, so I can't say for sure. Uh, if, if there was more than just the rainbow gummies, because in, in, in the, in these games, there's just the rainbow gummy, which simply increases stats. Uh, and I know that's what the original gummies did, but the rainbow gummies just increase a random stat. And then of course there's like iron, carbos, protein, and stuff that increases stats that you want which i suppose is kind of a way of replacing gummies um excuse me i'm just taking a drink here um so like it's not really a huge change i never really saw a problem with changing it it was just an interesting change um that sort of felt like they were dumbing it down a bit at first, but at the end of the day, I can kind of ex I can kind of understand why they did what they did, uh, and it's not as big of a change as I originally thought it was. So I, I want to talk about my team. <laughs> I'm gonna end it off talking about my team uh, and sort of the, the the what what came out of that. So I decided to choose Cubone uh, just because I really like Cubone. I really enjoy Cubone as a Pokemon. And like it, like I said on my stream, it was the only ground type on the list. And I don't know. I just thought it would be fun and interesting to choose Cubone. Um, it wasn't really my first choice. I was just like, you know, I like Chikorita. I like Pikachu. I like uh, Cyndaquil. I like all the Pokemon that were available. But I don't know. I wanted to try something different. And I went with Cubone. And I'm glad that I did because I really enjoyed I really enjoyed Cubone. Um like I decided so I chose Pikachu as my partner um and I decided to name her Peanut which is after a Pikachu that I used in my Sword and Shield playthrough and I named myself Lily of course and uh our team name was Lil Nut because I wanted to combine our names together and it was the only way that I could think of doing it and I'm really glad I did because Lil Nut is just the funniest thing ever uh I love it a lot and I even have two Funko Pops, a Pikachu and a Cubone, inside my my tower of my computer right now. I can see them from where I'm recording this. They're, it's below my feet because I have this crappy desk, or this crappy table as my desk. But uh, I decided to put a little Pikachu and a Cubone inside my computer. Don't worry, it's safe in there. They're not going to damage the computer or get damaged themselves. But just because I like... You know, I like my team so much. I love Lil Nut, <laughs> as funny as that is to say. Uh, I Like, that's how much this game left such a meaningful impression on me. If that doesn't say it, then I don't know what. I mean, I drew my team, too. You can check out my art at uh, twitter.com slash Lilisian. I post all my art there. I spent, like, 12 hours drawing up just, like, a portrait of my... Uh, of my team and like that's what i mean i love you know i'm i'm a i'm a lover of like 
characters and stuff and like you know pikachu and cubone and it was it was just a perfect the perfect scenario but like even then i still like i loved my team i loved the pikachu and the cubone i loved lily and peanut it was so cute the game was adorable i have so much to say <laughs> uh, i also had a third i had a um a magby on my team named Spitz, which was also named after a, uh, a mag mortar that I had in my, in my, my first, uh, ultra sun and ultra moon playthrough. Uh, and she was good because, uh, she covered our weaknesses vaguely. I figured, um, peanut is weak to ground. Um, which I pretty much cover. I mean, ground is sort of our weakness, our big weakness, the whole team, because ground hits, Spitz and Peanut super effectively, but, you know, I'm fine. Um, so I figured I, what's weak to me, or what's good against me, a Cubone, is grass, ice, and, uh, grass and ice. There's others, but I figured, oh, and, uh, and water. Water is dealt with, dealt with by Peanut. And grass, and I, and I figured that oh, you know, a best, uh, the best case scenario would be to get a fire type. So I did. I found Magby. I named her Spitz, and she was with us the whole game, and I was really, really happy. She, you know, she carried us to the end. I'm a little bit upset that the game didn't have more cutscenes with that third partner that you bring with you, uh, but I totally understand why. I'm just a little bit upset that they didn't. You know, it would have been fun to see like your third, just like at least in the background. You know what I mean? Um, I'm very, very, I'm very, very happy that they were even there in the first place. And that's what I love. I loved making our little team. I loved strategizing. You know, I did a lot of link moves. I ended up having like a really, really good team. Apparently Cubone and Pikachu are like two of the best teammates and like two of the best Pokemon in the game, which I didn't even mean to do. I just like Cubone and I like Pikachu uh, in conjunction with each other. I mean, they're like two of them, like two of the most overpowered Pokemon together, which I did by accident, which might also contribute to the fact that the game was easy, but you know, I'm looking into things too much. Uh, I spent a lot of time strategizing. I spent a lot of time making up my art move sets and, and, you know, strategizing, uh, you know, what to do, what moves to get, what type types would benefit us the best. And it was just, it's what I love about mystery dungeon. And this game just does it so well. Final thoughts, uh, without going too much into the story spoilers, you know, the story was amazing. Obviously, I mean it's a pretty old story. It's the same as the it's the same as the first game, so I don't think there's any differences as far as I can remember. Uh, but it's solid. It's good. It's wholesome. It's it makes it made me cry. It'll probably make you cry too. It's an adorable game. It's a beautiful game, and it it's everything that Mystery Dungeon is. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that it's the best in a series. I think that still goes to uh, Darkness and Darkness and Time personally. For me, I've never played. Uh, Never played Gates to Infinity or Explorers of Sky, so I don't know if that's uh, if that's if those games are better. They might be. Who knows? Uh, but as far as I can say, I don't think it's better than uh, I don't think it's better than uh, Darkness and Time. Is it? A, is it better as a remake? I think so. I think it does everything that the originals did great, uh, and you know, did even better than that in other regards. <laughs> uh, like I said. Kind of, kind of, kind of stretched for time here. I wish I could talk about it more. If there's other things that people want to hear my opinions about in the game, um, I will be happy to talk about them in another episode. I'm saving some of the more core mechanical things to the, a mystery dungeon episode or another mystery dungeon episode. Um, but I had a great time with this game. It was super, super fun. It's probably a game that I'm, I'm going to remember for a really long time. And I mean, that goes with the originals too, but this game even more so. It's modern. It's great. It looks beautiful on the Switch. It's just a really good game. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for being here for this long. I hope uh, <laughs> hearing me gush about Mystery Dungeon wasn't too excruciating for you. We are going to finish off this episode of Extreme Evocast with everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a, f a random move every episode almost messed that up my perfect uh <laughs> move tutor streak uh was was at, at risk there 
Today's move on the chopping block is number, I believe, if I can remember correctly, 591, which is Diamond Storm. Diamond Storm is a damage-dealing rock-type move introduced in Generation 6. Yes, that's 6. I can't read Roman numerals. It is the signature move of Diancy. Uh, it is a rock-type move. It is physical. It has a PP of 5, a power of 100, and an accuracy of 95. <clears throat> in Generation 6... Uh, Diamond Storm deals damage. It is a 50% chance to raise the user's stage, to raise the user's defense by one stage for each Pokemon that it hits. If it increases the user's defense stat more than once from a single use, the stat raising animation will only play once, but a message stating that its defense rose will appear for each increase. Diamond, uh, in Generation 7, Diamond Storm now has a 50% chance to raise the user's defense by two stages if it hits. Um, in X and Y and Oras, it says the user whips up a storm of diamonds to damage the imposing Pokemon. This may also raise the user's defense stat. Uh, and it's literally the same in Sun and Moon and Sword and Shield. <laughs> uh, apparently it's also in Super Mystery Dungeon, and it says it damages enemies. It could boost your defense. Cool. <laughs> uh, of course, it is the, uh... Signature move of Diancie. I don't think any other Pokemon can learn it. Nope, it's just Diancie. Uh, and some trivia about it. Diamond Storm is the only Rock-type move introduced in Generation 7, or Generation 6. And Diamond Storm is the only move that can raise the same stat multiple distinct times from a single use without the user having Parental Bond, which is Mega Kangaskhan's ability, which makes sense. So, that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day, and I will catch you in the next one. Bye!